this summer. Your local movie theater will become a tent revival for proclaiming Jesus. And you're invited to be a part of this unique evangelistic campaign. Join with Believers Nationwide for the Million Souls Campaign to bring unsaved family and friends to watch the powerful new movie, The Firing Squad, starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. The Firing Squad tells the incredible true story about prisoners who find faith in the face of execution and transform their prison in the process. As the movie ends, co-star Kevin Sorbo comes on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ, providing an on-site opportunity to introduce family and friends to the message of Jesus. Go to FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how you can receive free tickets and more to the Firing Squad and participate in this unique theater event. Bring your friends and your family and bring your faith. That's FiringSquadFilm.com to learn more. All right, let me tell you about uh, Rough Greens. You do things in your dog's best interest all the time. Take him on a walk, throw the ball with him, you give him good boy scratches. Lay down on the floor with him, scratch his ears. You take him to uh, the vet for his health care. You do all of these things, but uh, what are you feeding your dog? Does the food that you're feeding have all the vitamins and minerals and probiotics and antioxidants that your dog needs? Rough Greens was created by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. And if it's healthy for your dog, it's probably in Rough Greens. Now, this is not a dog food. It's something you sprinkle on your dog's food, makes them wolf it. I mean, Uno, he would never eat. Now he races to his bowl literally every day. Most dogs love it, go crazy for it. Pickiest eater on the planet is just wolfing it down now. Try it with your dog and you'll see differences in your dog. I mean, Uno, I think... He became like a puppy again. He was maybe eight or nine. That's getting up there for a German Shepherd. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN33. That's 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. America, welcome. It's Tuesday, and we go to New York, where the New York PD ordered to slash overtime spending now to cover the cost of the migrant crisis. Huh. Well, that's interesting. They apparently are collapsing with about 100,000 illegals coming to Manhattan. Now, that's what they've received. Uh, They've gotten about 10,000 of those on a bus from Texas, thanks to our governor, Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott has sent the 10,000 in, and that is enough to collapse New York, apparently. But 
the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands here in Texas, nobody seems to care about. Well, there's some controversy going on because now the uh, government is saying that they might uh, pass a rule that if you come in and cross in Texas, you got to stay in Texas. Hmm. The governor, Greg Abbott, is uh, with us now from the great state of Texas. I have to tell you, Governor, busing people from New York City, uh, I loved it from the get-go, but I didn't think it would do much other than like a, a stunt, kind of like it ended up with uh, uh, Governor DeSantis in uh, Florida with, with Martha's Vineyard. It felt good for a day, but didn't change anything. This is the biggest game-changing border policy I have ever seen in almost 50 years of broadcast. Thank you. Well, of course, uh, and it's, it's not just what's going on with Mayor Adams in New York. Uh, look at Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. Yep. Uh, look at what's going on uh, with Karen Bass out in uh, Los Angeles. Listen, they're all reacting the same thing or the same way. Uh, they are all sanctuary cities. They've all told the world, you know, we, we want your tired, your poor, your, your, your illegal immigrants, and we want them here. We're going to provide food and lodging for them. And then when they actually have to live up you know, to these uh, liberal promises they made, they collapse like a cheap tent. Let me tell you something. There's no way uh, that the mayor of New York would be able to last a week in the state of Texas mm-hmm. dealing with what we have to deal with. Uh, it's shameful uh, the way they act. It's crazy the kinds of things they say. Uh, but it is time for America to have to share this burden uh, that Texas has had to deal with. How many do we have here in Texas now? I mean, I know he can't handle the 10,000 from Texas. There are towns in Texas that are getting at least 10,000, you know, a day or a week. How many are actually here in Texas? Well, first, I'll tell you that the, the the catalyst for this busing operation actually wasn't to uh, try to put burdens on New York. It was actually to try to help out those small communities on the border, right. uh, the Del Rios, the Eagle Passes, uh, the communities that uh, the Border Patrol were dropping these illegal immigrants off. Uh, and uh, we said, there's no way uh, they were going to be able to deal with this. And so we began to put them on buses, initially going to Washington, D.C., and eventually New York, et cetera. Uh, but my point is that uh, these illegal immigrants do not stay in Texas very long at all, uh, a, a day, uh, maybe two days. Uh, and then they are put on buses and, and bust out to other areas across the country. That's what Texas is doing. In addition to what Texas is doing, uh, in far greater numbers, the Biden administration is doing the exact same thing. So my point, Glenn, is that they're actually not staying in Texas very long at all. So the Biden administration, how many are being shipped out from this just one border state to go elsewhere? I can give you uh, per- percentages. I don't have the precise number. The percentages would, would be, you know, in the 90% range, 95% range. Oh, my gosh. Uh, th- there's not very many that are staying in Texas. Uh, and, and that is what is leading to the extraordinary volume uh, that New York is dealing with, that Massachusetts is dealing with, that Illinois and Chicago are dealing with, that California is dealing with, it, et cetera. So the Biden administration last week said that they were considering 
making sure that if you cross into Texas, you have to stay in Texas. If they did that is, I mean, it feels like they're specifically, the federal government is specifically targeting Texas. Is that payback for what you and Paxton have put them through in the Supreme Court? Is that to change us blue? Is it to break our backs financially? What, what, why this seeming vendetta against Texas? Part of it, Glenn, does seem to be payback. Uh, and it's not just because of the busing operations. It's because what Texas has done, uh, we have taken over operational control of the border and actually uh, repelled or pushed back into Mexico people who were trying to cross illegally. Uh, we have been on federal land where we built uh, these concertina razor wire barriers. It was the, the National Guard that did it. Uh, they build the barriers and the, the National Guard guards it uh, and they force illegal immigrants to go back to Mexico. This is the only time in American history when anything like that has happened. And then, of course, uh, you probably know about the uh, the buoys we put in the water and the, the marine barrier and, and the Biden administration considers uh, all of that uh, to be evil when all Texas is really doing uh, is protecting our own border. So my point in telling you that is, yes, uh, the, the Biden administration has a vendetta uh, against the state of Texas. But let me uh, put it this way. Uh, the, 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 the president is right in thinking uh, that these uh, migrants uh, have to stay somewhere as opposed to going all across the country. He just got the location wrong. They shouldn't be staying in Texas. They should remain in Mexico. Remember, it was when President Trump put the remain in Mexico policy into effect. That is what led to the immediate drop in the number of people coming across the border. And under President Trump, we had the lowest illegal immigration in 40 years. And now under Biden's open border policies, we have the highest illegal immigration ever. And but then let me add one last thing, Glenn, and that is this concept uh, of trying to, you know, uh, have illegal immigrants remain in Texas or remain in California, whatever the case may be. That was tried before decades ago, and it was rejected uh, by the courts at the time. Uh, this is a losing legal proposition for Biden. And we'll just hand him another loss uh, if he tries this crazy game. So the buoys, what is the status on that? And if they start doing some of these things, what is Texas going to do to re remain a sovereign state? Several things. First, with regard to the buoys, uh, as you and your audience may have heard, uh, it went to uh, – well, first, I need to tell you this – the, the, the buoys were a concept that were first developed by the Border Patrol itself. Uh, and we got the idea from them, and we checked it out. Uh, we found it to be effective, and so we deployed it. Uh, and as the Border Patrol itself put, put out, there's nobody getting across it. The great thing about the buoys is uh, it allows us to build a border wall or border barrier at one-tenth the cost of the border wall that Texas is actually putting up. And so it is a very effective tool. Uh, secondly, with regard to the Biden's attempt to force us to remove uh, the buoy barriers uh, that we, we we lost in the trial court, which we knew we were going to do. Uh, but we, uh, in less than 24 hours, got a stay of that lower court ruling by the federal court of appeals. And as we are chit chatting right now, uh, the buoys are exactly where they have been ever since we put them back up. 
uh, and uh, we hope and believe that we will prevail in the federal court of appeals. Uh, there are multiple legal reasons why what the Biden administration is contending is absolutely wrong. So we will continue to do that. But let me add this, because you said, what are we going to do? Uh, we, we are, as we are speaking right now, there is more border wall going up, which is the same border wall that uh, Trump was putting up. But, but better than that, the, the, the tool that proved to be the most effective is having the National Guard on the border, uh, building these uh, concertina razor wire border walls that prevents illegal immigrants from getting across. And we repel them, we, we return them back to Mexico. That has proven extraordinarily effective. And the only time in American history that I'm aware of uh, where a state has actually repelled people who are trying to enter the country illegally and sent them back to the country they came from. Why do you I mean, you must have spent a lot of time trying to figure out what why would the administration do this? It clearly is not good for America. It's not good for the states, not good for the cities. We don't know who's coming in. We're all people are coming from all over the world, including countries that uh, have no love for America. Have you come up with a reason on why you think they're doing this? Why Biden is doing this? So one thing you mentioned about the, some of the people coming across the border who have no love for America. So we uh, apprehend Chinese and, and Russians and uh, people from hostile nations all the time. And in fact, Glenn, uh, under Joe Biden, there is a record number of of people coming across the border who are on the terrorist watch list. Correct. And those are the ones that we apprehended. They pay more to try to evade uh, being caught. Why is Biden doing this? First, when he campaigned for president, he said that he was going to have open border policies. And I think Americans really just didn't listen to him, uh, maybe didn't know what he was talking about. Uh, and now they're seeing the, the reality. This this is the Ocasio-Cortez game plan. And so here's what you and I don't know, and that is, who is running the White House? Uh, is it Ocasio-Cortez leftists? Uh, is it somebody else? Uh, it seems like uh, Biden may not really know what he's doing. Uh, but if he does, uh, it's, it's the most unpatriotic act any president has ever taken in the history of the United States of America. So we've got several tasks ahead of us. One is well, Texas. Texas is, is using more than $10 billion of our own state funds to secure the border, and we will continue to do so as we work our way through this presidential election. And we have to put a president in place who's going to have as job one uh, to uphold their oath, fulfill the constitutional mandate, that they secure the border and, and maintain national security so that we don't lose our country. And so uh, I think uh, Biden's days are numbered. Uh, and uh, in those waning days, Texas will continue to step up and deploy every tool that, that we can possibly use that are unprecedented in nature uh, to make sure we're going to be holding back and staunching the flow of illegal immigrants into the country. Uh, I'm very concerned about this next election. Are we safe? Is the vote safe here? Have we done anything to strengthen the security of the vote? Absolutely. Yeah. In, in, in Texas, 
for two separate sessions or two successive sessions, legislative sessions, uh, we have passed uh, the strongest uh, election integrity laws in the United States of America. As a reminder, uh, before I was governor, I was the attorney general, and I filed uh, legal action after legal action, uh, cracking down on voter fraud and putting people behind bars for it, and we continue to send that message. Separate from that, however, uh, with regard to the election process itself, uh, we have put reforms in place to make sure we have security. And let's go back to what happened just this past election. This this past election, uh, for your audience, those who don't know, we have 254 counties in the state of Texas. And all, let's say, 253 of the 254 were able to get their votes counted uh, on election night the way they were supposed to. The only one that was unable to do so, even in days, uh, was Harris County. Harris County is where Houston, Texas is. And so this past session, uh, we passed uh, about 10 laws uh, that cracked down on the way that uh, the city of Houston and Harris County uh, were not following the law as we had prescribed with regard to fair and accurate elections, uh, making sure that the election process in Harris County was going to be even more secure. Governor, I know you have to run. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, Thank you for bussing those people in again. You have completely changed the narrative. It is the only thing I have seen in my entire broadcasting career that has changed this narrative. It's a different game today because of you. Thank you. Thank you, Glenn. Take care. Bye-bye. Governor Greg Abbott, great state of Texas. Relief Factor is our uh, sponsor this half hour. I, I get a little grumpy in the morning if I haven't had a good night's sleep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then if I really get bad night's sleep, then, uh, I get a little squirrely and that makes Stu's job very, very difficult because those are the days we, you know, we, 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 we likely could get kicked off the air. (laughs) So good sleep is important. Really important. Regular relief factor is out there for pain. Now they have relief factor sleep, which is the same 100% drug free way for you to relieve your, you know, sleepless night. It's a blend of natural ingredients designed to promote healthy sleep. I know from experience it works. My uh, my wife, Tanya, she uses it a couple of nights, you know, probably every week or two. I do the same thing. Unleash the power of great sleep by calling 800, the number four relief. 800, the number four relief. It's relief factor sleep. Go there now for a, a great night's sleep. Also, Sponsored by my Patriot Supply. Uh, If you haven't been storing food, you're not paying attention. By the way, new inflation numbers come out. I'm excited. Yeah, are you? Oh, yeah. It's going to go down, isn't it? Of course it is. Yeah. Except if down, we're living in the opposite world, so down means up. Uh, They're expecting inflation to go up. I was looking up the shadow stats on inflation. If we measured this the way we measured inflation... In the 1980s, we would be at 14% in, um, inflation. That's what it would be. They're saying it's in the threes. That's because they're not counting a lot of stuff like your home or rent. Hello. Oh, and by the way, if you like to buy beef or chicken and that price goes up, they're like, well, you can substitute with spam. And so they use the price of spam. In the inflation number. I'm not kidding you. So it's a game. It's a game. Uh, Things um, could get dicey quickly. 
just for you financially, but they also could get dicey quickly. We're sending long range missile cluster bombs now to uh, Ukraine. Oh, okay. Well, I think that's going to go well. Please, my Patriot Supply, prepare today with emergency food that will stay fresh for up to 25 years. Don't worry, you'll be eating it before that. Enjoy a wide variety of delicious food kits offering 2,000 calories a day, optimum strength under stress. And don't forget about water filtration and purification projects. These are perfect for your bug out bag, your survival supply, or, you know, you just go camping. One thing is sure. The only thing constant is change. Order by 3 p.m. Uh, and your items will ship on the same day. So do it today. Do it right now. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. <sighs> Hello, Stu. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Good, good. Uh, it's an interesting uh, interview with with Greg Abbott. You've uh, you've had uh, some ups and downs on, on looking at his leadership over the years, and yeah. I think that's the way Texas feels about it. It's it's interesting because we do a national show every day, but yeah. we live in Texas, and when you talk to people around the country, they long for someone like Greg Abbott to be their governor. Yeah. And then people in Texas, at times, I, I think it's 50-50. Like, sometimes they love them, sometimes they don't love them so much. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Texas. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it, Greg Abbott would be a great governor in every other state in the union. But it's Texas. And so you're like, um, how come your boot isn't up somebody's butt right now about whatever? Fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so sometimes he uses the boot, sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, he is a, uh, an attorney general. He's an attorney by nature. So attorneys tend to be much more methodical. methodical. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the, they, they want someone who's a little bit more at times, uh, bombastic about stuff and that's mm-hmm. not the way he operates. But what I will say, it's really hard to deny his success in this, in this arena. I mean, this policy of shipping people up to these cities has been, I mean, almost mesmerizing to the debate, the, the way it's changed things. I mean, and that has all happened because every Democrat in these cities has just echoed every complaint Republicans have been making about illegal immigration for the past 50 it's years. Nuts. They're all just, they're all get hit, getting hit in the face for the first time with this issue in a real way and having to deal with it in a real way. And they, of course, recognize the truth. I mean, they're they're now actually saying maybe maybe we should change Maybe we should change the sanctuary city. I mean, just for now, just for now. Oh, you mean so when you're when it's not a pose, right? Exactly. When when people you aren't being it. busted into your yeah. communities, you mm-hmm. can all say, "Oh, open arms. Look at those those darn people from the south that are so mean and racist." And that's what's been interesting about the Democratic position on this for so long. They use the racism accusation as this warm blanket to sort of shield them in this little cocoon, this comfy cocoon on the couch where they can all say, well, the reason this is a problem is because Republicans are racist. By they the don't way. like, they don't like people who look that way. Right. By the way, um, we are going to put those billboards up on the border. Oh yeah. Yeah. You and I will put those billboards up. That. Uh, and, uh, and I want them in Spanish though, mm-hmm. that, you know, just say, Hey, 
Here's your list of Minneapolis. sanctuary cities. <laughs> Go, because they're promising these things. Mm-hmm. San Francisco. Make sure you see sunny San Francisco, because they'll give you these things. I love it. And yeah. it would be good information for it these people. Would. They tell us they want to take care of them we so much. We want to help them. We want to help. We're helpers. Back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. Okay, I want to talk to you a little bit about Legacy Box, the favorite moment you have from your childhood, the favorite picture that you had. Those things are all fading. How about the stuff from your kid's childhood? If you ever used any kind of tape, it's gone soon. They're meant to last for 10 years. I have or had tapes that I don't even know what format they are. I really don't. I mean, there were things that we were using that lasted maybe, I don't even know, 10 minutes? Because I have no idea what device that was recorded on or how to play it back. I don't want that memory lost. I want to make sure that it is preserved forever. The safe and simple solution to digitizing your family's precious memories comes to LegacyBox.com slash Beck. I want you to call them now. Get 40% off when you get started with them right now on preserving your family members uh, uh, memories. They are all digitized by hand here in the U.S. They send back all the original copies plus the digitized version. Save 40%. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. And BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Get signed up. Save 10 bucks when you use the promo code Glenn. So there's a big manhunt for uh, Daniello Cavalante. Uh, he is a uh, convicted murderer. Uh, he has a rifle now. Um, and uh, you're not, you know, it's a big, 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 big manhunt. Now, uh, Mr. Very dangerous. Dangerous. Very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Mr. Cavalante. Is, yes. Is he from Wichita? Where's he from? Where's he from? Uh, I think he's from Albuquerque. You think he's from Albuquerque? Yeah. That may be uh-huh. why they are that... banning all the guns there. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is he there? Is that where he was born? Oh, or? I assume. Yeah. I assume. Because okay. I don't know much about his childhood, be, where well, he grew up. Could be or... some, maybe Little Italy, you know, here. In, yeah. It sounds a little yeah. Italian, his name, yeah. his last name. Actually, I think he's Hispanic. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. This is the guy who was in Brazil and murdered someone in Brazil. Oh, and, and then, then came fled, across the border. And then came across the border. Yeah. And then when he crossed the border, mm. he murdered another person oh, and then yeah. went to prison. Okay. And then crab walked up the uh, mm-hmm. uh, up the wall, which an incredible video. I mean, it really is incredible. I've realized I don't have enough core strength watching it. And then he gets up and he escapes. And now the new update is he's just roaming around Pennsylvania. Apparently, it was spotted yesterday. Mm. And the good good news, uh, he is now armed. Uh, yeah, like you said, good news. And mm. the police are coming out and saying, do not, don't do anything, because then you could be in trouble, too. <laughs> you could also be dead, uh, yeah, but, but don't do anything. So don't, don't protect yourself. Don't go out and look for him or anything else. And that's the last thing I would do. I hear things in the bushes on my property. I'm not going out to look. Oh, no. I'm not. not. We're going to respect his privacy. I like illegal immigrants, okay? He just came here for a better life. What about a sanctuary uh, state? Why isn't Pennsylvania a sanctuary state? If we find him, we should send him to New York City. 
Okay. Yeah. Or Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. We yeah. should send him. We, there. we should give him a sanctuary prison cell. Yeah. Uh, where he's able to come and go within the, you know, four to eight feet that he has there. Let me ask back you. Back and forth as much as he wants. Let me ask you. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you. Now change the subject. But have you ever had the feeling that the Biden administration intentionally does really bad things uh, on September 11th. <laughs> I just, just hear me out. Remember, <laughs> okay. okay, Afghanistan. You know, I was like, oh, September 11th. Okay. Um, yesterday, uh, they approved the transfer of $6 billion of frozen funds to the government of Iran in a prisoner swap deal. Now, they did this deal last week, but they announced it yesterday. Hmm. And I'm thinking, why would you announce that you're giving $6 billion to a terrorist state on 9-11? Now, I know the governor or the government of Iran might think that's a wonderful day to announce yeah, that, right? Yeah, but like not they, necessarily us. Right. You think we'd have the opposite opinion on that particular yes. topic. but. Yes. No, we had the same. Isn't that weird? It is a bit. It's a bit weird. Yeah, it's a bit, bit troubling. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, the reason why Biden had to go to Vietnam, which I mean, he didn't explain that. He didn't explain that. He just explained yesterday why he wasn't at the 9-11 commemorative ceremonies, because 20 years after Pearl Harbor, presidents weren't still showing up. I got news for you. I don't think President Roosevelt ever showed up. Okay? Don't think that happened. Don't think that happened. May have once. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, But, you know, here's the difference. Hawaii, especially back then, really far away. (laughs) New York, car ride. Okay? Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not a car ride from India. No. So. It's not. (laughs) You know, if I, again, scheduling. Scheduling conflicts. The only thing we he had to be out of the country on 9-11 and also had to give six billion dollars uh, announced on 9-11 yeah. to Iran. Yeah, those are the, but that's the, it. Look, everyone has scheduling conflicts. Right. Sometimes. This one's just very unfortunate. Yeah. Both were. Right. Really. Sometimes you have a doctor's appointment yeah. at the same time your kid's Little League game's going right. on. And it's the same thing going on right, right. now with the State president. Department was like, oh, crap. Is it September 11th? Yeah. I shouldn't be announcing to the world and to, to Congress that we're giving $6 billion in a prisoner swap to, uh, to Iran. Gosh and, darn it. And as Didn't. we covered yesterday, he needed to go to bed. Yes. You know, yeah, in, the, in the middle of a speech, he, he just needed yeah. to go to bed. Those two things conflicted. Now, he got a good nap in. He oh, got good. a good nap in. Good. And he uh, yesterday threatened to veto the, the House's Department of Defense appropriations bill. Um, he said the, uh, the, the administration strongly, strongly opposes the bill. And he will uh, veto it. If it passes in the Senate, he's going to veto it right away, right away, which will mean a government shutdown. Um, but, uh, you know, he's got a really good reason for doing it. He said, you know, this bill has devastating consequences, including harming access to reproductive health care. And this bill will threaten the lives and the health and safety of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer and intersex Americans. It also this defense bill will endanger marriage equality 
hinder critical climate change initiatives and prevent the administration from promoting diversity, equity and inclusion. All of those things, especially in the last part of that paragraph, I think are good. The rest of them, I don't think the Defense Department should be in that business. Uh, Maybe it's just me. Now, I just want you to understand what he's doing. He is claiming that because we won't allow the government to fly a soldier to another state to get an abortion on your tax dollar, plus pay for the abortion. We're way past no tax dollars will ever go to pay for an abortion. We're way past that. Now we're like, are we going to are we also going to give them the room and board? Are we going to fly him on a plane to get their abortion? Put him up. Let's send him to a nice dinner and have a nice breakfast. Maybe a couple of days off. You know, go see the world. Then come back and do your. Is that what we're doing now? That's what he is angry about. Hmm. And so he's going to veto that. But and this this is going to affect intersex Americans. You said. Intersex. I just want to make sure I understand. Intersex. That's important. That's a. It's a huge. Don't pretend you don't know what intersex. Oh, marriage. I mean, I of course I. I mean, I may. All right. The Biden administration is also close to approving. Now, listen to this sentence. The shipment of longer range missiles packed with cluster bombs to Ukraine, giving Kiev the ability to cause significant damage deeper within Russia occupied territory. Now, some might say even in Russia. So, you know, those remember when we did the cluster munitions and everybody's like, that's that, you know, that's against, uh, you know, the, the the treaty of, you know, whatever. Right. Remember we did that. I remember that whole conversation about the treaty yeah, of wherever. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, we, we can't use them unless we really have to. And that's what the world says. Uh huh. But we really have to use them now on Russia. But not us. Not us. It's going to be the Ukrainians. Those really bad Ukrainians are going to drop cluster bombs, except they're really good. Those are good guys doing really bad and many times thought illegal things to stop the really bad and illegal bad guys from doing those kinds of things. To their. Anyway, we're sending them the cluster bombs. Those have worked so well that we're now thinking, hey, why don't we put them in longer range missiles? Mm. And I don't think Russia's going to have a problem with it. And if we can just send them those longer range missiles and Russia, you know, if they have a problem with it, I say we sit down with Vladimir Putin and say, look, we are dealing with uh, uh, intersectional relationships right now and trying to hold our our Pentagon and our fighting force together. Meanwhile, we're already under attack from these extremists that won't pay for a woman's flight and her hotel and probably breakfast and dinner and any kind of expenses she might have and the abortion. Okay, so Vlad, don't start with us. I think that's I think that's going to go over well. I don't see why it wouldn't. You know, this has been handled so beautifully from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going so well. Mm-hmm. What could possibly go wrong? Well, well, well. Well, may I? Oh, no. Okay. You have something? Uh, yeah, about 41,000 military personnel, 500 to 700 air combat missions, and more than 50 ships are going to 
take uh, do a little exercise there nato exercise you know right you know right right there germany poland what's across the what is it across the border from poland i'm trying to i'm trying to think i can't think if you go east of poland or germany i'm trying to think what's on the eastern i can't think of what's there but we're going to be doing the largest military exercise since the cold war after we send them the longer range cluster bomb missiles but we've got the money and the time to do this military exercise right in vlad's face but I don't know if we're going to be able to do it because we might have to shut the whole government down because. But you're not going to believe this. We won't. Poland borders Ukraine. What? Yeah. Poland. I'm looking it up right now. They, they're bored. They're up. Yeah. What about Germany? Hmm. Germany. Germany. How do you spell that? Uh, J. E. R. M. Yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, that was listed on the map. Yeah. On the map. Okay. But still, seems like wow. everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, that's what you should it. always remember. Uh, just tr- you know what mm-hmm. here's the easy mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. these are hard issues to deal with right lots of nuance oh, lots of discussion lots of expertise needed oh, man just trust joe biden yeah you know he's there he's doing yeah. the job he's asleep so, three to four yeah. hours a day uh, th- awake three to four hours a day just trust his judgment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and everything should turn out fine so you remember in 1983 when ronald reagan's gonna get us into a war it's gonna he's gonna kill all of us because he gave the evil empire speech yeah okay you know, where where at the time it was our doctrine to stand against, but now it's just Joe Biden going, we're going to overthrow him, Vladdy, Vlad, Vlad. He's mm-hmm. a bad Vladdy. Uh, and so, uh, but that's not starting a war with uh, Russia. It was just evil Ronald Reagan. Um, then he announced his strategic defense initiative, which caused uh, Ted Kennedy to fly over to Russia and say, by the way, we don't even have that. Okay, we don't want you to get upset. We don't even have that. Uh, and because everybody was freaking out because we're going to go to war with the Soviets. And then the Soviets shot down the uh, Korean airliner and it was like, we're close to war. And I remember that because I was there in Washington, D.C. I was about 18 years old and I'm like, I think I'm going to be vaporized. I'm living in the wrong city. Anyway, uh, back in 1983, we decided to do one of these exercises with NATO and uh, it was it was 16,000 U.S. troops involved. So a little smaller, a little smaller than this one that's coming up. And uh, then we loaded up our B-52 bombers and uh, we, you know, we had dummy bombs in there. And then we we had our strategic air command raising the nuclear alert to DEFCON 1. Now, we said that this was just an exercise. Um, but, you know, when they started picking up the massive troop movements and the B-52s and everything else, they were like, I think this could be a, a, a head fake. I, I think I think they may be attacking us. Uh, and so the Soviets ordered uh, everything in Eastern Europe to make preparations for immediate use of nuclear weapons uh, and real bombs, real nuclear weapons were boarded onto the Soviet planes. And uh, and they ordered all the nuclear armed submarines into the Arctic. And uh, it was great. It was great. It was great. It was great. Uh, we were on the verge of nuclear war because of that exercise. But nobody seems to care uh, because global warming, of course, you know, one and a half degrees Celsius Celsius rise. That is going to destroy everything. But, you know, let's say 
500 different locations all over the world having a 4,000 degree temperature raise, uh, that, that's not a big deal. Don't worry about that. That's not as scary as the one and a half degree Celsius rise in temperature. So let's make sure we get this right. Connor Boyack, the author of the Tuttle Twins books, met with thousands of parents, identified their top concerns that they have about their teens. What is it? Laziness. They don't know how to work. Lack of self-esteem. These things, the lack of confidence, the leadership skills, the work ethic. Critical thinking, persistence, problem-solving skills, all of these things are what we're worried about with our kids. So Connor put together a series of 89 short, actionable tips your teams can be, uh, begin to use and put into place immediately to improve their lives. Teens that put these tips into action are seeing long-lasting benefits. So if you want your teens to escape the woke mind virus, to think critically to be the hero in their own story instead of just another victim, you need again to read the Tuttle Twins series. This week only, you can get the book of tips for teens for free if you order the Tuttle Twins teen book bundle. Tuttle Twins are confident you're going to be happy with these books. They even have a money-back guarantee. If you order right now, go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get the teen book bundle deal. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Sometimes it seems like there's a running battle between cyber criminals and the government to see who can steal the most money from the largest amount of people. A battle that the government wins almost all the time. But I will say the competition is fierce. If you look at home title theft, for instance, it is one of the fastest growing crimes in America, and it is a very good reason for that. First of all, uh, it seems pretty easy to do, and uh, it's a lot of money on the line. And of course, most victims of home title theft don't even know that they're victims at all until it's too late. Take uh, this homeowner, for instance. She pulled into her street one day and uh, saw a bulldozer demolishing her home. Can you imagine going through this? Just being torn down right before her eyes. Uh, she was a victim of a uh, home title theft and a criminal had just forged her uh, his way onto, I think it's a dude. We don't know. Maybe I look, we don't know how they identify these days, but they uh, still got onto the deed of the home, no matter their gender, and they sold it. And now the new owner was just tearing it down to rebuild. Well, it's not their home, your home, your property, your equity are your most valuable assets and home title lock helps you protect them. Home title lock puts a shield around your home's title. The instant they detect any activity or tampering, they help shut it down fast. First things first, you need to verify you haven't aren't already the victim of home title theft. Uh, find out for free when you sign up at uh, HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code BECK, HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code BECK. There you'll get 30 risk-free days of protection. Why not protect yourself? HomeTitleLock.com. The code is BECK. Hmm. By the way, uh, Medvedev uh, yesterday came out and said, hey, hey, uh, you know, just... I just want to throw out there, too, that uh, Western countries are rude. Yeah. Narcissistic, mm -hmm. reckless in their belief of right rightness. Uh, and uh, we're just going to wait until at some point terrorists will again carry out an attack in the style of September 11th. Uh, but with an atomic or biological component. This is Medvedev yesterday. Or worse, one of the leaders of a nuclear country will just lose their nerve and uh, he'll make an emotional decision to use weapons of mass destruction. And then that would be it. The end of the ball game. 
It would only be there to collect money for a new monument in the neighborhood of Ground Zero at best. So, that's good. Don't worry about it. But, inflation's under control. (laughs) Uh, Your your pay is going up. Uh, You're safe in your city. Sanctuary cities are great. Vote for Democrats. Vote for Democrats. And then there'll be some people to collect money for some food for some Americans that might remain. The Back Program. I have talked on the air. In fact, when we first started The Blaze, we started, what was it? uh, The Marketplace? That's right. Yeah, Marketplace. Marketplace, Marketplace, it was way ahead of its time. Uh, and so, you Gosh, know, we just couldn't get it. It was Jeez. way ahead of its time. Yeah. Public Square now is here in a timely fashion. This is what we were trying to create, you know, 12 years ago. Join me and millions of patriot, uh, patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, our Constitution. You don't have to buy from people that don't think like you. And it's not that you want to buy everything you think, but. We, I really want to stop doing business with people who hate my guts and devalue my life, my opinion, my family, my freedom. So there's all kinds of different industries. Whatever it is you're looking for, from uh, a service to a product or just a restaurant down the street that's not using pronouns, go to publicsq.com. Publicsq.com. That's your destination. You'll find it. The app is free. Download it. Just go to publicsq.com. Go there now. Here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. And hello, America. Welcome to the program. Well, an election is coming, and I'm very excited to see how America's going to work through this one. We'll give you the latest in 60 seconds. Let me talk to you about selling or buying a home. It's a hassle. I mean, it's great, but it is really a hassle. Uh, somebody somebody approached my wife and I about selling our house here recently, and I'm like, no, we, we, we just went through the hassle of redoing our whole house. We just got it the way we like. And my wife is like, oh, no, boxing everything back up again? We just boxed it up for remodeling. Of the house. Are you kidding me? No. How much would it take? A billion dollars? How's that? They haven't called back. But anyway, um, realestateagentsitrust.com knows what a hassle it is. 
They want to make sure that you have the right person that you can trust, that relates to you, listens to you, and is using all of the best business practices uh, and the new ways of selling houses uh, and get your home sold fast for the most amount of money and then get you into the right house. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Find the right one for you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. So uh, apparently, Tim Tim Scott is gay now. Is that what we're is that is that where we're at in this race? Tim Scott is gay. Uh, I, I I don't know. I think that's what everybody's alluding to here. That does seem to be what the media yeah. is saying, or mm-hmm. at least alluding to. Yeah, they're hinting toward it, not saying it outwardly, because that would of course be, I think, against woke policies to out someone. Right? I mean, you're not I supposed don't to... know. I think you. Uh, well, no, you have to play ball by whatever the rule is for them that that day. That day. So yeah, what's so, today's rule? Because I mean, I well, on Tim Scott, it could be a different rule for different people on different days. Yeah. OK. For OK. Sure. So that, that makes like sense. today might be a really bad day to out somebody, uh, you know, from the left. But it's the responsible thing to do on the right. Now, of course, Tim Scott says this isn't true. Yeah. And he, he has a relationship with a woman. Yeah. But they went in farther than that. I think the Washington Post was he may not know what a woman is. That may be the problem. <laughs> I mean, do people <laughs> really true. know? How can you identify a woman? What do you know? I mean, maybe he doesn't know how to identify. Supreme Court justice can't identify a woman. Do we expect a senator to do it? <laughs> it's just very difficult. Yeah. I believe it was the Washington Post that did, investigated this, Glenn. Oh, and investigated they, it. Because they found out he said he had a relationship with a woman. And so they asked six of his friends. Six friends. Do you know about this woman? And they said no. So mm. therefore, he's, I guess, gay and we're supposed supposed to care about that now i I thought we weren't supposed to care about it no now we're supposed to care about it it was what difference does it make to you and i kind of adopted that Mm -hmm. you know like my whole life Mm. what difference does it make uh to me i don't care don't really want to don't want to hear about about where you put your stuff don't want to know it do what you do nope Mm -hmm. nope uh but now it's now it's very important because if you are I'm not going to use their word. Uh, you know, if you're straight, if you're heterosexual, that's not good enough. That's a bad thing. So we have to know who the bad guys are. But even though he's black and and not married, I mean, well, it won't be a big deal. If it turns out that he's gay, here's why. Because he won't be the first. He'll be the second black gay president. Oh, that's now what so, you just did there was allude to someone being gay, which is wrong. Wrong. What? Wait a minute. You don't know the rules. The rules clearly state you cannot allude to Barack Obama having uh, these tendencies. But Tim right. Scott, totally okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Didn't get the rule there. Unreal. On that I'm sorry. Oh man. Now if Tim Scott is to come out and let's say he's critical of Donald Trump publicly. Then it would become wrong for you to, to say, say he might, he, he be, might gay. be gay. Right. Okay. But if he continues where he is now, which yeah. is running for Republic, the Republican nomination. He's definitely he, gay, he's even definitely if he's gay, not. And we better point it out because right. that's a real problem for everybody. Right. But right. if he steps out of the race, okay. then it will be wrong to point that out. Until he proposes a tax cut in which at which time it will become right again. Okay. 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 I got it. 
Finally. I got it. Anyway, he's got a, he says, at this point, I'm taken. I have a wonderful girl, girlfriend. We have a wonderful relationship. God's blessed me with a smart Christian woman, and that's great news, uh, he said. So then, um, you know, Fox News, they push him on this. They, they were pushing on it. Well, are we going to meet her? Well, like, I mean, I suppose at some point. I mean, that's weird. <laughs> I mean, we're not friends. You realize that, right? Yeah, like, Brian, we're, we're not <laughs> friends. and We're not really friends with everybody in the audience. There could be anybody watching this right now. Mm-hmm. So why would I introduce you to my girlfriend? And by the way, she is so thrilled to be introduced. He or she really has got to be very excited to be introduced. You know, uh, who a public, uh, a private figure who's never really been in public that we know of mm-hmm. uh, to be introduced as somebody's girlfriend uh, who will immediately, if she is introduced, uh, she'll be called a beard. Mm-hmm. And then they, she'll be investigated, okay. and that'll be fine. That's fine, be fine to do She's to her. So right excited now. because uh, you know the whole Me Too thing does not apply to her. Yeah, you can investigate her private life however you want to. Yeah, and right. question everything about her. Sure, that's totally fine. Totally fine. Mm-hmm. Now let me talk to you a little bit about what's happening in Virginia. Virginia apparently is the test case uh, for the uh, uh, for the next presidential election. Uh, Yunkin is pushing for the GOP takeover. Uh, and it's happening, I think, in eight weeks, is it not? Uh, and Virginia uh, is is a state where everybody's just up for everybody's up for election. Well, that sort of replace everybody. Mm. I kind of like that. Kind of like that. Uh, yeah. Well, I like the first part of it. Everybody's gone. Second part, <laughs> let's replace them. I'm not sure about. Mm. Okay, we should debate that. But uh, so everybody's up for uh, re-election now, and. Um, Glenn Youngkin says that this is going to give us a really early read on the politics of 2024 uh, and, you know, especially abortion. And he is he is taking this very, very, very moderate uh, uh, look at abortion. He's saying, I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe we could agree on 15 weeks, uh, you know, and uh, that, of course, is too much. Too much for the Democrats. Democrats are saying they're making that into an issue uh, that uh, that, you well, know, it's 15 weeks. What, 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 what? It should be an issue. Mm-hmm. It should be. I mean, that's a major issue. It if is. you're letting if you're if you're doing that, you know, 15 weeks, you are eliminating like. Five percent of abortions, you know, something like that. And wow. uh, that's a lot. A you know, lot you'd only, we'd only have like 95% of abortions still occurring. So this is an extreme right-wing position. Mm. That Crazy. 95% of abortions just keep chugging along all the time. Wow. You know, and then, of course, obviously, you have to also account, I, I should add on, that a couple <laughs> of the people that are near the borderline there because they know the deadline is coming. And deadline's a kind of a good word here. Um, they would move those abortions up before 15 weeks. So it's probably more like 3% it would ban. Um, mm. But three full percent. Now that look, that's where that's. I, I, I mean, that's happy. an extremist. That's an extremist view, right? That's as an extremist. A, as view. an abortion extremist, I would be happy that three percent went away. I think any percentage going away would be good. Sure, but, sure, sure. But maybe that shouldn't be the goal of the pro-life party. I don't know. It's just hitting me right now. Maybe the goal well, shouldn't be. Let me just keep ninety-seven percent of abortions. I, it's a crazy one. I don't know. It I'm is crazy. I'm out there. It is I'm crazy. I, I'm. I just want before we get to your crazy yeah. idea, we shouldn't mm-hmm. kill children. <laughs> I'm saying that he's such an extremist, he'll let through, you know, 97% of abortions. 
Wow, that's yeah, extreme. So just that let makes it, me almost uncomfortable. Glenn. It is so extreme, right? I mean, who could be for that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, you know, you have the Democratic Party, you know, coming out and saying, hey, we, you know, we got to stop these madmen uh, from, uh, you know, from these abortion things. Now, they're, they're, the abortion stance is very, very clear from the left. Uh, in fact, Kamala Harris was uh, on um, on uh, Sunday morning on on CBS, and uh, the reporter asked, you know, so what is it you believe? What what week of pregnancy should uh, abortion access be cut off? And she said, the protection of Roe versus Wade needs to be restored. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. okay, all right. Well, that's not really an okay. answer. So hopefully they followed well, up. No, they did follow up. They okay. did follow that's up good. and said that that's a little nebulous. There, um, looking for the line of fetal fetal uh, viability here. Is that is that where you draw the line? What 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 exactly is that? And because right, that's she, what Roe versus Wade called for. Right? It was the yeah, right. uh, fetal viability. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, we just need to put back the protections that are in Roe versus Wade. We oh, need to oh. put them into law. She might not have heard the question, though, because that was, it well, was, that was the a, second time. That was the second time. Okay. Yeah. And she, she said, since the Supreme Court took it, Congress has the power and the ability to pass legislation and put these protections back into law. And Joe Biden's going to sign that bill. So, okay. you know, that's what we want. Well, that's an interesting additional piece yeah. of information. Yeah. But what about the question she asked? Well, or, that's what the reporter came back and said, uh, but but can we be specific in terms of defining where that guarantee goes up to and where it doesn't at which week of pregnancy? And she she, then she got very, very clear. And she said, we need Mm -hmm. to put back in place the protections of Roe versus Wade. Okay, that's the same thing she said the first time, though, that was asked, and the second and the third. This was, are you just repeating oh her first I mean, answer? Uh, you are just as bad as this. Did she say it you slower are, like that? Is that you why are it was just more clear? as bad, just as bad as this reporter? He, he had to ask her five times, and she kept saying, we have to restore Roe versus Wade, and the president and I will, you know, we'll sign that. We're, that's what we're for. Why are they so embarrassed about this position? I don't know. Could it be that they're embarrassed by rooting on the deaths of children? Could it be that? I think think probably that might be. You know, it's Mm. usually, you know, me growing up, but I grew up someplace weird. I grew up in a place called America. Okay. And, you know, kids, I don't even know if you study this, but it was a place that was based on, you know, basic decency and common sense. Okay. Mm. I know it's, it's like Disneyland. I know. Uh, well, no, not really. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. No. Uh, anyway, uh, so I grew up there and killing children was a bad thing. Shockingly, not just killing them, but sleeping with them. You know, Both I don't bad. mean sleeping. I mean, having sex with them. Both bad. Both bad in the America where I grew up. Hmm. I grew up. Now I remember those are, yeah, we're gaming. we used yeah. to walk up the mountains to go to school. And we went to school, and and they didn't even teach us that you can't tell the difference between a man and a woman, and we were okay with that. Oh, the times were tough. Maybe this is the way to sell abortion to the left. You know, the, well, you're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna wind up with with uh, occupants of your uh, islands if you don't let them be born. Yeah, it, if, if you, right. If you don't let them be born, they can't eventually show up at some weird island. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. then you can't have your way with them. Well, um, we can I, sell this. I think I am very, very, very happy to announce that in Virginia there is an answer to this. Okay. Uh if I may quote a supporter with women's health care under relentless attack, 
as a practicing physician, I know a woman, Susanna, who is a nurse practitioner and a public health expert. Oh, she has the medical expertise, the experience, yes. the passion oh, good. to be an outstanding defender of women's reproductive freedom and an advocate for affordable and accessible health care for all Virginians. That's why Governor Ralph Northam strongly endorses Susanna Gibson for delegate. Oh, see, I mean, there finally you have okay. someone who know, obviously very informed on right, and he's bodily he's functions. not an extremist. Well, I mean, he did say that no exception. There was a very contentious committee hearing mm. yesterday when Fairfax County delegate Kathy Tran made her case for lifting restrictions on third trimester abortions as well that. as other restrictions now in place, and she was pressed by a Republican delegate about whether her bill would permit an abortion even as a woman is essentially dilating, ready to give birth, and she answered answered that it would permit an abortion at that stage of labor. Do you support her measure and, and explain her answer? Yeah, and I'm, you know, I wasn't there, uh, Julie, and I, I certainly can't speak for uh, Delegate Tran, but um, I would tell you, one, uh, one, first thing I would say, this is why decisions such as this should be made by providers, uh, physicians, right. uh, and uh, the uh, Mothers uh, and fathers mm-hmm. that, that are involved. Fathers, um, fathers. There are, you know, part, when but... we talk about third trimester uh, abortions, uh-huh. these are done uh, with the consent uh, of obviously the, the mother, yeah. with yeah. the consent, oh, good. Cons- uh, consent of the physicians, more than the one physician, by the way. Right, more um, than one. And it's done in cases where there may be severe deformities, there oh, may be a, a, a fetus that's be... non viable. So in this particular Might example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, yeah, what would happen. Here we go. Um, right. The go infant ahead. would be delivered. Uh-huh. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Okay. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the if. Uh, mother and the family desired. Wait, wait. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. Of... So so I think this oh, was what? really blown out of what proportion. What would they be talking about? Uh, but oh. again, we want the government not to be involved in oh, these okay. cases. Libertarian, okay. libertarian position so we just there let, the governor. So we just, ah. yeah, gosh darn it. So we just let him die. Now, if you think that's extreme, wait till I in- introduce you to Susanna Gibson, the one he just endorsed. Oh, great. She's a mom. She's a nurse practitioner. But is she right for Virginia? Mm-mm. I'll let you know in 60 seconds. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Hey, the inflation number is uh, coming out today, and uh, it's going to be good. If up is good, then it's going to be good. Uh, The Fed is also meeting this week, and they're talking about, well, up is good. Maybe a possible Fed hike. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't you like that? The folks over at American Financing can can help you here, uh, because if they raise the the rate and inflation goes up. So many people are living off of their credit card right now. And that is that's charging you 25 percent interest. It's highway robbery. Clint, I don't have any, any choice. I mean, I don't have the money because inflation keeps going. I get it. I get it. I really do. You can't pay 25 percent. Do you own your home? Can you take that 25 percent and knock that down to an interest rate of maybe even 6%, I don't know, 20 percentage points compounded monthly, right? Hey, that's going to be good. American Financing, they can help you pay off these debts and get it 
where you can a maybe skip a couple of payments. Uh, you can close in as little as 10 days and you can pay this thing off at a reasonable interest rate. American Financing, call 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. They're waiting for your call now. AmericanFinancing.net, 10 seconds, station ID. So I'm going to introduce you to, uh, you know, the candidate, you know, that's running that moms demand action. Uh, oh, wow. She is great. She's a Democratic candidate. We just heard she's running for Senate in Virginia. Right. She House, is. Right? The, no, I thought she was. No, she's running for state Senate. Oh, state Senate. Uh, and uh, and she's and she's marvelous. She's just like you. She's an average mom. She's a mother. It yeah. says right on her website. She's a mom. She's a nurse practitioner. And she gets it. In fact, she seems to get it a lot. <laughs> now, she's running. She's raising money for a good cause, which has not been defined yet. No. Uh, and so she has been raising this money. And she's doing it in a really innovative uh, way, honestly. Uh, she is... Um, She's raising money on a on a website uh, that that I'm 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 not uh, quite familiar with. It's uh, I guess Chatterbait.com. I, I'm not sure, but anyway, uh, I think it's a. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Anyway, Susanna Gibson is her name. She's running for a seat uh, in uh, Virginia, and uh, she last year was posting as a hot wife experience on oh. Chatterbait. Uh, okay. Maybe she was talking about hot flashes. I don't know. Uh, but then she went on and helped me figure this out because she's just like you and she's just she's normal. She's not an extremist. She said uh, men could pay tokens to get her to perform specific uh, sex acts. Uh, she said, and I'm quoting, I like being choked. No, I really do. I like being hit. Now, she said this, coincidentally, last year on September 11th. So, you know, maybe she was. Never forget. I I don't know. Never Never forget. forget. Never forget. I don't think I will forget this. In one video she uh, recorded uh, shortly after she launched her campaign, she told uh, her husband, I'll let you F me in the uh, whatever in a private room if somebody wants to pay. I don't think that's private. I don't know if she knows that. (laughs) Uh, In another video, she (laughs) appears to say that for the right uh, price you could watch her urinate which well she said it a lot classier than that she said y'all can watch me pee if you tip me with some tokens and oh, i'm like nice. oh okay well i thought you were gonna urinate and perhaps, she's like no no no, i'm gonna pee perhaps a supporter of cryptocurrency uh exactly right mm-hmm. uh she said i want a private room with somebody filming their private part so i can you know wow she said, I want to be railroaded by all of you. And I don't know what that. Um, the public transportation. She's is got that what it is? She's, that, yeah, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Democrat. Anyway, you know, yeah. gonna... 500 tokens. She said she would order room service in a hotel and cause the delivery person to see her naked, saying, quote, I'm definitely oh. a slut. That sounds like um, a Me Too type of violation there. To what? If, if someone who's not looking to see you naked and you would trick them into seeing you gosh that sounds like a that sounds like something that would be a major problem no it's a woman i mean we think it's a woman we don't i don't know how to identify a woman we think she's a woman and she's running for senate in virginia because she's a doctor she's a mom and if you give her a token she'll pee on you and i think that's what america needs the glenn Beck program
Amen. Beautiful. Anthony wrote in about uh, his dog's experience with rough greens. He said, got a lot of rough greens for my uh, 12-year-old dog. Started slowing down. Didn't eat as regular as she would when she was younger. But now, every time I feed her in the morning and at night, I put rough greens on the food and she instantly gobbles it down. Anthony, this is what I found with my dog. And that's the only that was the only benefit really I wanted from rough greens. I expected. But they were like, no, you're going to see a difference in your dog going to be more active. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I just want him to eat. I'm telling you, I thought Uno was a uh, an active dog. Uno was not at his top health. And it shocked me. I thought he was. He changed. By eating all of the vitamins, minerals, the probiotics, antioxidants, everything your dog is supposed to get. Try this. They'll give you your first bag free, roughgreens.com slash Beck. They'll send you a trial bag. You just pay for shipping. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Shoot us America every night at 8 on Blaze TV and tomorrow followed by Glenn TV. Don't miss it. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what's happening in Texas, but I'm talking to you about this because if it's happening in Texas, God only knows what's happening in your state. Um, I wanted to bring somebody on who really watches this for a living. His name is Brandon Waltons. He does the Texas scorecard. um, And every day he does, you know, headlines uh, of what's going on. And he watches this every weekday at five YouTube X and podcast platforms. Uh, There is an impeachment going on of probably the strongest uh, attorney general in the nation, the one here in Texas, Ken Paxton. He's been on this show several times. I know Ken, um, uh, but I don't have a horse in this race. If he's guilty of a crime, he should be punished. But it is really beginning to look, and I stayed off this story until the testimony was out. And I have to tell you, something is very wrong in Texas, and Texans better pay attention to this. Brandon, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Glenn. So overall, can you quickly just say, you know, what this is supposedly about? And then let's talk about the actual witnesses. Yeah. So how did we get here? Essentially, three years ago, you had this group of employees at the Office of the Attorney General who accused Ken Paxton of wrongdoing, of, of abusing his office to, to help a, a friend, essentially. Uh, and they went to the FBI, they reported him. Um, and, and that sort of set into motion what we now have uh, three years later, this, this impeachment process, which many of those impeachment charges are based off of. Uh, back in May, uh, over Memorial Day weekend, while a lot of people were maybe uh, grilling out or, or at the lake or, or whatever, the House met on a Saturday. Uh, They voted to impeach Ken Paxton based on testimony uh, that wasn't sworn testimony. Ken Paxton wasn't made aware of of their investigation until it came out 48 hours before the vote. 
And the House members themselves weren't able to look at the actual testimony. They had to rely on, on the word of, of the House's investigators. And so and and and, and Ken, if I'm not mistaken, was not allowed to respond in right. in his own defense. Right. And so you had a lot of these sort of things that, that made people look at this and say, hmm, this is odd. Well, just like D.C., uh, you know, the House does the impeachment, goes over to the Senate to determine whether or not they convict, which would actually remove him from office. And so for the last few months, there's been a lot of talk from those who have been pushing this impeachment saying, oh, just wait until you see this testimony. Wait till you see the evidence. Uh, You know, you're going to be blown away by what we have. And yet, you know, this trial started last week. And so far, and, and we're more than halfway through this, the testimony has really, really been weak. Uh, say a little beyond weak. Um, <laughs> there's no evidence of a crime. I mean, this is the let me just read something. This was the third whistleblower. Um, the concern uh, began when Paxton advocated for the AG's office to open investigation into Nate Paul. That is his friend and donor alleged mistreatment by the FBI and Texas DPS during a raid. Paul's contention was that the feds did him dirty by illegally altering the search warrants after the fact to expand their scope just to get him. His technical experts theorized that there was altered metadata in the digital versions that proved the documents had been changed. Maxwell quickly developed the opinion, that's a whistleblower, the opinion that Nate Paul was a criminal that we should not be associated with. Accordingly, he had dragged his feet and ultimately refused to open a formal investigation into the alleged FBI and DPS misconduct. Paxton, convinced of the idea that the FBI was untrustworthy, well, that's far-fetched, he eventually hired outside counsel to help explore and adjudicate Paul's claims, an act that would eventually become the primary catalyst for the whistleblower complaints. Now, did anything come of that outside in investigation? Uh, no. And, and, and the thing is, is that when you see these people testify, I mean, uh, numerous of these former employees of, of the office of the attorney general has talked about how insane, literally that's what one of the, these people said, it would be insane to investigate the FBI, that essentially they, they trust them wholeheartedly, uh, that, that there would be nothing. I mean, literally one of them was asked, is there anything that maybe happened over the last two, three, four years that might change your trust in the FBI? Uh, they said, no, uh, of course that's, that's at odds with Texas voters. I mean, Republican primary voters, we have a poll from after the, the Mar-a-Lago raid, it shows that 73% of Texas Republican primary voters have a negative uh, opinion of the FBI. <laughs> what a shock. So I'm reading this, and my first thought was, and, and I dismissed it out of hand. I don't even know why it came to me. But I'm, I'm reading all of the testimony, and I'm thinking to myself, this is George Bush. This is... This is the George Bush wing of the party that is that trusts the FBI, is denying that there's a problem in America. The problem is the Republican voters, all of that crap. And then I continue to read on, and it looks like the whistleblowers do have a relationship with George P. Bush. Is there anything to this that this is a, a Bush ambush? You know, there's been a couple moments during the testimony of the, of the past week where 
where the Bush family has, has been invoked. And it looks like perhaps they, they were somehow involved in this. One of those being that uh, when the whistleblowers went to the FBI and reported Paxton, by the way, without even asking him or talking to him beforehand, and, and they also said they had no evidence when they went, but, but when they were preparing to go to the FBI on that same day, George P. Bush was reactivating his law license. George P. Bush would eventually uh, challenge Ken Paxton in the Republican primary last year. He and lost 2-1 in the runoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also have a case where Johnny Sutton, who is a, a Bush lawyer, somebody who was a U.S. attorney under Bush, has been very close with the Bush family. Uh, he has been representing some of these whistleblowers for the last three years and hasn't sent them a bill, uh, hasn't been paid, has essentially been representing them pro bono. And so that's just another piece of this puzzle that people are looking at and saying, hmm, it looks like uh, someone else, some outside force is involved here. I... I... Honestly, the people who brought this impeachment the way they brought it uh, should be impeached themselves. I I don't you know, the one thing I do hear about uh, Paxton is he's just a freight train and he's not good at playing the game and, you know, making friends and influencing people, whatever. Well, neither was John Adams, and I'm not comparing him to John Adams. I'm just saying temperament wise, John Adams was not a popular guy. But you do not bend the rules to get rid of somebody. If he is if he's a criminal, if he did something criminal, then I am for his impeachment. But if this is just because he hasn't made the right friends or a Bush wants him out or whatever it is, the people involved in this, because it's been so shady the way they did this, I think they should be impeached. And certainly there's been a lot of anger, especially among Republican voters. You know, it's one thing when we see what's happening with the president, where you see Democrats going after using the criminal justice system, using these impeachments to go after him. It's another when you're in Texas and you have Democrats and establishment Republicans going along with it. It's really bad. Really, really bad. Anything to the the thought that this happened the week that Paxton said, you know, Hey, why is uh, why is our Speaker of the House giving, you know, chairmanship to the Democrats? We don't need friends like this. And then it was later that week that the impeachment thing happened. Is Was there any connection? Well, I think absolutely. There's there's been a divide. Look, Speaker Dade Phelan, who's, who's the establishment guy that that runs the House, who puts Democrats in power. Um, he has been at odds with not only Ken Paxton, but the conservative grassroots who have repeatedly elected Paxton. And so certainly uh, there, there's no coincidence there. Uh, there's certainly been, been a lot of bad blood between the establishment and Ken Paxton. It just shows why they worked so hard to try to uh, essentially overturn the election and, and get him out of office. And quickly, what do your sources tell you? How's this going to fare? How's this going to turn so out? They, yeah, so they, so they need two thirds in order to permanently remove him from office. That vote is expected to take place maybe Friday, Saturday, later this week. Um, You know, it's a little tough. You have to kind of do napkin math because these senators are under gag orders. But I would say that especially after uh, people testifying that they essentially had no evidence, which is what we repeatedly saw last week, uh, I'm hearing a lot of the senators are are getting very, very frustrated that House members put them in this position where they have to sit through this. And I think that uh, I think that ultimately uh, that's something they're going to be considering whenever they make their decision. But you'll get all the Democrats. So how many Republicans do you need? 
Uh, I think you need uh, t- uh, 10, 10 oh, if I recall. 10 weasels. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I hope not. Thank you so much for reporting uh, on this and, and bringing us the story. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. You bet. You bet. Brandon Waltons, uh, he is Texas Scorecard. You can find Texas Scorecard uh, wherever you get to your um, your podcast and YouTube and X every day at 5 o'clock. And just one quick thing, because you, in case you missed the show yesterday, it sort of rolls off the tongue to say, oh, well, this was brought without any evidence. That are Those are the words of the people who brought the accusations. Yeah, we they, have no evidence. They said, they were asked specifically, did you have any evidence when you brought this case? And the guy said, no. The most credible said, it's just my feeling. Right. Like, we thought he had some illegal activity, so we brought it to their attention. Did you have any evidence? No. Let me give you let me give you something else Remarkable. and it ties to this. You know the guy who was pushed by his uh um pushed to go into a uh, a school board meeting in Virginia because he felt he wasn't being listened to. His daughter had been raped. The school board lied to him and then they charged him and he was going to to jail. He was pardoned now by the governor of Virginia. I want you to listen to what he says. So we're chatting off camera. Uh, governor Yunkin had offered a, a pardon uh, for you before. And you, you said, no, thank you. I, I don't want that. Why? Well, to be clear, it was only a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't months ago. But because I didn't want to uh, drop my appeal and accept responsibility this, for America. the charges listen. that I was convicted of in the lower court. That was unacceptable to me. I really wanted to win this straight up on my own merit in court. But unfortunately, you know, as things have played out and, you know, I'd, it, our justice system across this land is unfortunately politicized and weaponized to the hilt. And that should scare every American. So, so you believe there's no way that you could have won in court? I think I might have been able to win in court with a judge if it would have been the right judge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no, I think in a, in a jury, I think it would have been a hung jury um, at best. As he said, that should frighten all Americans. This is why you must care about all of these cases that your friends are not paying attention to. It will come to your door. Every day, 200 miracles happen because of preborn. Did you know that? If you are giving to preborn because you're giving, they're giving women with unplanned pregnancies a chance to meet their unborn babies. Those women are twice as likely to choose life instead of abortion. When you donate to preborn, you're helping that happen. And 200 children every day are saved as a result. A single ultrasound costs $28, the price of a dinner to save a life. And all your gifts are tax deductible and go directly to the cause of saving lives. Life is a miracle. And through your generosity, these miracles just keep on coming. I can't think of a better way to find uh, favor or to just stand on the side of God than help saving the lives of his children. I am proud to work with preborn, and I would like to ask you to consider giving to them, helping and helping these moms with additional support for up to two years after the birth of their baby. I've seen the results. I've met the children. Please donate your best gift today. Dial pound 250 on your cell. Say the keyword baby. 
pound 250 keyword baby or go to preborn.com slash back that's preborn.com slash back sponsored by preborn the glenn back program Welcome back to the program. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the number. Thank you. Um, I uh, I urge you if you live in Texas to call your state senator. Uh, I'm calling mine, Kelly Jean Hancock, today. Uh, never never talked to Kelly Jean Hancock uh, before, uh, but I'm I'm going to call him today and say, um, "How are you voting on this?" They need f- really four. If the seven had already s- voted to say, I'm, th- I'm not not even th- throw this out. They need four more. Call your state senator. And if this is happening in Texas, this is one reason why I am um, vo- voicing such concern on this is because if this is happening in Texas, what is happening in your state? It, this is a fight and the. The progressive arm, the Bush arm, the progressive arm of the Republican Party is using the same kind of of legal warfare. And it's got to stop. It's got to stop. Now, coming up in a minute, um, we're going to spend a few minutes with Max Lucado. He is he is one of the most famous pastors in America. Great author. He. Most people don't know. I'm going to quote him. I was about 50 years old. The casual observer would look at me and say he's on top of the world. Our brand new church sanctuary bursting at the seams. We added new members every week. The congregation had little debt. Absolutely no doubt the pastor was doing great work. We appeared in the list of popular San Antonio attractions. Tour uh, tour companies bus tourists to our services. Uh, I was uh, in Reader's Digest as the best preacher in America. I was a writer of successful book after book. All cylinders were firing. However, what people didn't know was unbelievable revelation from Max Lucado. He joins us to talk about God never gives up on you. Next. The Glenn Beck Program. favorite pastors in the in the whole world is max lucado i just i just love him uh and i was shocked to read uh in an op-ed one of the most dramatic things occurred 20 years ago i was about 50 that was the first shock i'm like how old are you now you don't 
Anyway, to the casual observer, I was on top of the world. Our brand new church sanctuary was bursting at the seams. We added new members every week. The congregation had very little debt. We had no, they had no doubt their pastor was doing great work. The church actually appeared on the list of popular San Antonio attraction tour companies, bus tourists to our services. The magazine Christianity Today sent a reporter to write a profile on me. Writer called me America's pastor. Reader's Digest designated me as the best preacher in America. Everything was firing. I turned sermons into books. My publisher turns books into arena events. I wrote kids stories, recorded kids video. It was wild. What no one knew was I was a mess. He sat in the parking lot and began to drink. Yeah, Max Licato, like that guy. Uh, an amazing story and a great book that talks about the redemption that is there, the answer that we're all looking for. We begin with him in 60 seconds. So guess who's super susceptible to online scams these days? Yeah, college students especially the ones going in for their first year. It's the first time they've been responsible for making, you know, their own finances. And that makes them perfect targets for cyber criminals looking to score big on personal and sensitive information. If that's your kid, you might want to lock them up with LifeLock. Everything you have, they have all, all of their, their whole future can be turned into a nightmare if somebody hacks all of their information. It's equally important to realize there are measures that you can take to help keep this from happening, but nobody can stop everything. This is where uh, LifeLock comes in. LifeLock. Help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. Max, my friend, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. So good to see oh, you. Oh, my goodness. What a treat to see you. Are you doing okay? I'm doing great. Sounds like you've had a wild week. Huh? Yeah, yeah, and it's only Tuesday. <laughs> so um, give, give a short version here of, of what yeah. happened to you that yeah. no one knew. Well, I um, it was a great time, and my life is great now. Yeah. But, boy, I mean, it was a tough time, Yeah, and uh, everything was uh, – you know, there's a reason the word dead is in deadline. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. leaves you. Every time I turned around, I had another deadline to yeah. meet. And I wasn't doing a great job managing our growing church. And uh, staff was having a tough stretch of it. And I became even resentful of our own staff. Leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. I've got important things to do. It was I was not the, the best version of me. And then, and then I got diagnosed with atrial fibrillation, which means your heart rate mm-hmm. is moving real fast. And the doctor wanted to put me on medicine, told me to slow down. I couldn't slow down because I was so important to the world. I mean, <laughs> what would God do if he didn't have me every week? Right. It was pathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, before, I, before I became a, a follower of Christ, I was a real heavy drinker. And uh, I thought, well, I'll, I'll just go you know, have a beer and uh, – and uh, take the edge off. That's the phrase. Yeah. Well, that was just one day. That became two days. That became two or three weeks. And that became a couple of months. And I got into this habit, Glenn, of kind of escaping the office at the end of the day sure. and, and going, uh, sitting in a, in a parking lot in a convenience store with one of those supersized beers and, and, and guzzling it down. 
And uh, that telling- is a sign. <laughs> if you're in the parking lot guzzling beers, it well, is a sign there may be a problem. Some, something wrong. I, I like beer. I still yeah. think beer is fine. Yeah. What I was doing that was wrong is I wasn't doing what I'd told people to do for decades, and that right. is when you're under stress, pray, find friends, somebody will help you. There's healthy ways to deal with stress. Mm-hmm. I was not dealing with it in a healthy fashion. And um, one day, and this is going to sound a little super spiritual, forgive me, but I, I think God talked to me, and I think God said, are you doing okay? And my thought was, I'm going to make, I'm, I'm handling it. I was Max was in charge of Max, mm-hmm. and the confrontation came, um, well, you're not doing very well, not doing very well. And that's about all it took. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came undone. I had a good cry session right there, and uh we have elders in our church, uh, a group of, of leaders of men who oversee the church. And so at the very next meeting, I went to them, told them exactly what was happening. They were awesome. They came up with ways to restructure uh, the work demands. I shared it with the church. I told everybody in the church about it. They were awesome. That created a lot of conversations about other people not managing stress well. Mm-hmm. And it was a good uh, a good come to Jesus moment for this guy who had been preaching about Jesus mm-hmm. for a long time. So why share this story now? You have a new book out about yeah, Jacob. Thank you. Yeah. So you, tie I, them. I love Jacob. I love Jacob. And th- there's some wonderful stories about Jacob. Jacob is the imperfect man who is a part of God's perfect plan. So tell if people don't know who yeah. Jacob is. Super, super quick synopsis. He's the grandson of Abraham. He's the one who was the second born. He was the second born twin. He wanted to be first born, and there was a prophecy that he would be over his elder brother Esau, but he took matters into his own hands. He swindled his brother. He lied to his father. His mother said, you better get out of here. Esau's going to kill you. So he goes into hiding. He goes up to Mesopotamia. That's where he meets his match, a man by the name of Laban, who's ever bit as much of a sneak as Jacob was and marries the wrong woman. He thinks he's marrying Rachel, ends up marrying her sister, which is an amazing story. Spends seven years working for Laban for one wife, spends seven years working for the other, finally has six years on his own to amass his uh, wherewithal to go back home. And on the way home, he's at a creek called Jabbok, Jabbok. And across the creek, is the area where Esau lives. He's not seen this brother in 20 years, this brother he cheated. And that night, he spends the night, we're not told why, alone on the river Jabbok. And that's when God comes to him. God came to me in a convenience store parking lot. Mm -hmm. God came to Jacob right there, and they wrestled. They wrestled. They wrestled all night. It's a picture of all of us who wrestle with God, you know. And he actually thought he had brought God uh, that he was going to pin God. <laughs> right, And sure. God, with one Happens touch, all the time. <laughs> one touch, dislocated his hip. And there's a little Hebrew idiomatic expression that suggests not only was his hip out of place, his manhood was affected. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, everything about Jacob was done. He was brought to his knees. He limped for the rest of his life. But that's when God changed his name, changed it from Jacob to Israel, a name we still use today. Many interpretations of what Israel means I love the one God fights. Mm. And so the old Jacob, Jacob fought for himself. The old Max, Max fought for himself. The new Jacob, God is fighting for me. And the last 20 years, I think I've been living out of 
that realization that God fights for us. So there is, uh, wow, a profound lack of faith uh, right now. And this next generation, only about 18% of them are churchgoers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 51% in World War II. Wow. Uh, the last generation, uh, I think, was 35, and in one generation, it's down to 18. Mm. Um, because I think they don't, um, church and stuff, it's just not. I don't know. You know, I think churches think it has to be slicker and more packaged and everything else to appeal to those people with short attention spans. But I think there's times that churches don't give real answers to real life. Everybody's struggling right mm-hmm. now. And and our, especially our youth, they are struggling with self-esteem. Yeah. Going through, I, I think, some of the things, you know, not exactly like Jacob, but, you know, I, I, why am I even here if I'm not the firstborn? If I'm, I, I mean, I want to be somebody special, and I'm not, so I guess I have no worth. Where do you begin with mm-hmm. um, where, when people are down and they're just like, I don't really have any purpose. I don't mm-hmm. have worth. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the statistics are staggering, aren't they, Glenn? They are. Uh, read one the other day that in 2022, an average of 135 people a day orchestrated their own death. 135 people a it's day. the largest killer now over heart disease. My goodness. Worst it's been since World War II. So uh, why? Well, you know, what, 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 what is going on? And it's a complex answer. To me, the answer has something to do with the fact that people have, have bought into the idea that the whole world is just what we see. It's just us. It's, it's the secularization of society. Uh, part of the blame for that is the church. There's been church scandals that have caused people to not trust the church. Part of the blame for that is uh, just the media that part of the blame to that is that we've chosen to uh, disallow our schools from even talking about matters of faith, regardless of what faith orientation a person has. So th- I think all of us could share in some of the blame there. Mm-hmm. I think bottom line, people are not being kids are not being given an answer to the question, "What am I here for? What's my purpose in life? And is there life beyond this life?" And once the church really begins uh, to, to empower people with that great story of hope that we're here for just an instant to make a decision about the next life and that we're loved by a God who refuses to give up on us, I think that will infuse hope into people's lives. So people say, why am I here? What is my purpose? I felt, um, I felt a prompting, if you will, um, from God when I was probably eight and I thought I knew what I was to do, and it was to do radio. And um, I misunderstood that um, until I was about 30 and an alcoholic and everything else. And, and threw that away. I went, that was stupid. I don't even know if that really even happened. You know how you, mm-hmm. you think. Um, and so I just stopped doing that. And that's when I found my purpose. My purpose wasn't to do radio. What my life's purpose was how do people who haven't 
haven't heard or don't know how to find what their life's purpose is. How do you find that? I, I urge people, uh, pray, pray. And the response I get back often is, well, I don't believe in God. And I say, that's fine. Pray anyway. Yeah. What's, what, what you got to lose? If you don't right. believe in God, then doesn't hurt to try. And I believe that there's a God who believes in people who don't believe in him. <laughs> and, and that our faith, uh, that his commitment to us is not com- contingent upon our commitment to him. Uh, there, the, it's called unconditional love. And it's hard for people to grasp. It, the, the Bible word for it is grace, is grace. And it's hard for people because there's nothing like it in the world. Everything there, else is, I'll do this, you do that. But there is, and anybody who's had a second child or more. There you go. I was convinced that there I could go. not love a child more than I loved my firstborn. <laughs> and the moment my second child came out, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love her so much. It's crazy. <laughs> and you do anything you for You do her. anything for them. And, and, so, and so what happens if a person finally comes to believe that there is a God who created this whole world and he's on my side. He's not against me. He's not ticked off at me. He's pulling for me. He's rooting for me. And he's got plans for me beyond this life. That's what it took for me, Glenn. And, and it's that simple. It's a matter of faith. So, so I urge people, I said, just talk to him. So let me uh, take a one minute break and then we come back and okay. I want to ask you about transactional theology. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and because I think a lot of people pray this way mm-hmm. and like you just to explain it and then help guide through it. We'll do that here in just a second. First, let me tell you about uh, Goldline. Mark uh, Faber, who is a global investor called Dr. Doom. He's called Dr. Doom for a reason. Uh, I mean, I may be. Uh, a doctor and a PhD. So I'd be a doctor, doctor doom. Uh, he's a rookie. Anyway, he says the U S dollar will become over time worthless currency. It is absolutely true. You cannot violate certain economic or universal principles and expect different outcomes. That's insanity. So what are you going to do? Well, we could whine about it. We could make sure that everybody knows the fed, whatever. Or you could just prepare and make sure your family is taken care of while you do all the other things you should do. Gold and silver historically have been safe havens. Goldline is offering golden parachute right now with every tube or box of the historic $5 gold Indian head or $5 Liberty coins that you purchase. You're going to receive 150 of Goldline's one gram mind your business silver bars for free. That's not for IRAs. Don't let this offer pass you by. Pick up the phone now and call 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. 10 seconds, station ID. There's a guy, I don't know if you saw his um, video. We're with Max Lucado. He's written a new book called uh, ne- God Never Gives Up on You, which is so true. Um uh, his name is um, Oliver Anthony, and he's a singer. Did you see him? Yeah, yeah. And his testimony was so good and raw. He shared it with Joe Rogan a couple of weeks ago. Um, but he said he was sitting in his truck, and he's like, God, I'll, I'll do everything right. I'll give you this. I'll whatever. Just X, Y, and Z. 
and his prayer was answered. But that's transactional. Um, explain transactional theology. Yes, yeah. Transactional theology says, God, if you'll do this, I'll do that. It's that simple. If you'll get me a job promotion, then uh, I'll quit cussing. If you'll uh, give us a baby, I'll become uh, a, a missionary. You know, mm-hmm. if you do this, I'll, I'll do that. And the reason that story, I, I discussed that in the book, is Jacob did that. There's a great story that anybody who's heard of, of Jacob will remember the, 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 the ladder that comes out of heaven, you know, the stairway to heaven, the old mm-hmm. song. The ladder comes out of heaven, and Jacob is in, he's broke, he's penniless, he's running from his brother, and in the middle of the night, he's sleeping in the desert, has to use a stone for a pillow, he's so broke. Uh, he has a vision of a, of, a, of, a, of a stairway coming out of heaven or a ladder, and the angels are descending and ascending on that, uh, on that ladder. And at the top is God, and God reaffirms the covenant, the promise that, that, that he had made to Abraham. And Jacob then prays. Way to go, Jacob. He prays. First spiritual thing we've seen Jacob do in the whole story. But when he prays, he says, now, God, if you'll take care of me, if, if, you'll, if you'll watch over me, and if you'll get me back home eventually, then I'll give you a tenth of everything I own, and I'll say, you're my God. As if God needs a tenth of what a guy <laughs> right. has who's right. dead broke. Right. You know? Right. It, it, it's transactional theology. And, and Glenn, the problem with that is that if if we begin to negotiate with God, but wait a minute, what is the difference between what I did, which was, God, you tell me if I do these things, you will take this burden off my back, this spiritual darkness off mm-hmm. my back, yeah. and I will do what you ask me, but. Mm-hmm. You promise me that you're going to do this. What's the difference between that? When we come to God, it's never to say, God, if you'll do that, I'll do this. It's to say, God, would you do that? And I trust you. Prayer is not asking God to do what I want. Prayer is asking God to do what is best, what is right. And here's what I request. Jacob was right to make the request. Jacob was wrong to hinge his loyalty upon God's performance. He had reduced God down to uh, a manageable or packageable size. And the challenge in that is we have a small God when we do that. And what we need helping us through these tough times is a God with big biceps, a, I a strong you, God. There, you know, I, I say this to Christians all the time. They're like, yeah, I know we got to return to God, but what else do we have to do? And I'm like, guys, <laughs> he raised Jesus from the dead mm. i think fixing our country probably yes. pretty simple yes probably could do that pretty quickly yes you know just yes. serve him believe in him thank you and turn to him glenn thank you thank you because we act like that's a not enough right that's not enough and the fact of the matter is going back to god and trusting him and allowing him then to do the work uh lifts the burden off of us so many christians believe in grace you can't do anything exactly. for the biggest miracle he hands out, mm-hmm. forgiveness. Amen. You can't do anything. Amen. And yet we think just turning to him isn't enough yeah. for him to fix this. Yeah. It's like, what, what do you – I don't understand your disconnect there. Something happens when people turn back to God I know. and everything else starts to line up. 
But you're right. People say that's too simple. That's too easy. That's not enough. It's not enough just to turn back to God. We've got to come up with a certain policy or plan. Hey, I think I think God's got a pretty <laughs> pretty powerful track record. Will you please come back for a podcast so we can spend some of real course. time together? Of course. God Never Gives Up on You is the name of the book. What Jacob's Story Teaches Us About Grace, Mercy, and God's Relentless Love. I love that. Max Lucado is its author. God Never Gives Up on You. Find it wherever books are sold beginning today. Max, thank you as always. Thank you. We'll it's a great you honor. You bet. Back in just a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. So usually I'm talking to you about uh, inflation, but I want to talk to you about inflammation now. Uh, both, not things you want to hear. Inflammation in the uh, body is the source of most of our problems, most of our pain, and even most of our ills. What happens, the body becomes inflamed. It starts an awful cycle. You've got to get that inflammation down. When it comes to pain, This is what's happening in our body. Inflammation is usually the thing causing it. Inside your body, your joints begin to swell. The next thing you know, you have pain radiating, you know, down from the uh, source all throughout your body. Relief factor hits your inflammation four different ways. Ibuprofen, for instance, only hits it from one direction. It doesn't work for me. I don't know why. I've always thought it was a sham. But it's just my body doesn't work that way. It doesn't accept that. But relief factor works because it's hitting that inflammation from four different directions please just try the three-week quick start it's relieffactor.com relieffactor.com or call 800 the number four relief 1995 three-week quick start relieffactor.com feel the difference blaze tv.com slash glenn use the promo code glenn and save 10 bucks off your subscription to blaze tv Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Well, let's see. We have uh, a Pentagon and a president who says he's going to veto the DOD bill, which will put us, according to the left, in real peril and jeopardy because of national defense. We are now sending short, I mean, longer range Uh, missiles to Ukraine that are cluster bombs because those worked out so well. Um, Yesterday, after we did that, Medvedev said, uh, you know, there's going to be a there's going to be a nuclear attack on America. Um, So we have that going on. We have the government possibly shutting down soon. We have the migration, legal uh, immigration thing going on. We have Trump. Uh, we have the election. We have the economy going to hell in a in a crap basket. And let's do one more thing. Stu, breaking news. We have an impeachment inquiry, an official one, uh, being announced by Speaker McCarthy just moments ago. Uh, the formal impeachment inquiry will begin into Joe Biden, led by Representatives James Comer, Jim Jordan, and Jason Smith. It was a short statement. Uh, the allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption. Um, as the part of this, Kevin McCarthy says, I am directing our House committees to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. 
Over the past several months, House Republicans have uncovered serious and credible allegations into President Biden's conduct, a culture of corruption. So this is happening and it will give them some additional investigative powers, which are important when looking for what they're trying to dig into, right? It's really hard to get to this information. They've hit some walls, oftentimes government walls in the middle, in the way. Uh, They will be able to break down some of those walls and see some more of this information. Uh, You can, we've had reports over the past week that there may be some sort of charge coming against Hunter Biden on the gun situation. Yeah, I think this is why they're moving so quickly on this. Um, because uh, the FBI has been saying we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna do a plea bargain on the gun we're gonna do that here in the next week or so and I think Congress wanted to make sure that they had that all locked down before there was any kind of plea bargain that might skate through with some judge uh, on the uh, on the gun charge which Hunter Biden is continually mm. saying covers all past crimes. Even this new one. Yeah, he is saying that. And his attorneys are saying that. I don't know if that's actually true, but that is what they are saying. So this is a big moment. And of course, Glenn, more, there's more to this than just the investigation and more to this than whether President Biden did anything wrong or not, which, of course, I think he did. The calculation needs to be made politically on this. This is a political process. And the calculation is, do you believe you can convince enough of the American people to believe this isn't some quote-unquote witch hunt. Um, I think there's enough there. Whether the American people want to look at it or not is a totally different story. You already have, I think, 45% or 35% of Democrats now saying he did something wrong, possibly illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, large, that's a yeah. large number. Yeah, it's, it's farther along than the media would let you know. You yes. know th- these are, this is a process that takes a long time. And just knowing... Just this general sense of corruption goes a long way. You know, know, we've talked about this on the Trump side of things, right? If you, we could talk about all the different, there's four indictments on Trump, right? The New York one, for example, is impossibly weak, right? Obviously just a political persecution. Uh, I don't think most of the people, even on the left will say that, that are looking at the details. But when you pull the American people, there's almost no separation between the four cases. They see that some people think Donald Trump is guilty of stuff. Some people don't. And it breaks down on those lines. People aren't even looking at the facts here. But the general sense of corruption is really important. And it's, it's, a, it's unfortunately affecting both sides here. The fact that you can get this to cancel out, if these two things cancel out, it's probably really good for Donald Trump. Bad it, for the country. It's bad for the country, but it's probably good for Trump's campaign because outside of the corruption stuff they, they throw at Trump, it's impossible to justify reelecting this guy. Uh, and by that, this guy, I mean Joe Biden. He's done a terrible job. He's 115 years old. He can't string three sentences together. Under normal circumstances, he would have absolutely no chance to be reelected. But with with what's going on now, of course, that's another story. So you're going to see him, uh, I think, sooner rather than later. The minute these actual investigations and any kind of any kind of formal presentation of all those facts as they are found, I think you're going to see uh, Joe Biden resign uh, because of health, because of health. Mm. Um, And 
I don't don't uh, think that that won't have the same kind of deal that uh, Gerald R. Ford did. It will be the end of Kamala Harris's career, period, because the reason why Gerald R. Ford didn't win is because he took over from Nixon and everybody went when he pardoned him. Everybody was like, whoa. Whoa. And it was the right thing perhaps to do for the country. Maybe not. But at the time it was, you know, sold as the right thing to do for the country so we could all move on. But everybody was like that, that, that was a bad deal. That was a Mm. deal cut in, uh, in the dark. Sure. And that's how people would think, look at it. I think anytime a president pardoned one of his close allies. Yeah. Uh, Do you think though, uh, that we're the same country? Do you think we would react the same way? Are these historical parallels, will they work? Are they, they're certainly worth understanding, but does that apply to today? Yeah, because I think anybody's, everybody's looking for an excuse to just say, no, no way, Kamala Harris. Yeah, I do think that's real. Yeah, <laughs> that's and they'll, 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 that will just be the last straw. That'll be the convenient straw that breaks the back. I'm not sure. I mean, I think with the way partisanship is today, I don't. I don't know if this will work. I, I should. I mean, I will say I started the Biden uh, corruption stuff really open-minded, relatively skeptical of whether we'd find anything. I mean, I, I'm not saying he didn't do it. Obviously, there's some level of corruption with every politician. I didn't have a high opinion of Biden. But the fact that we would find as much as we found, the text messages basically identifying that Hunter Biden is using this influence, he's taking the money and then giving a bunch of it to Joe Biden, like... That's really direct. It's on text messages yeah. through the family. Yeah. Uh, the Shell corporations. I mean, some of this stuff is over the top more than I ever thought we would find. Some of that gets easy when a guy leaves his laptop at a computer repair shop, sure. I will admit. But still, this is they've gone a far away. I don't know if the American people are open enough to information that is damaging to their own side that they will look at this honestly. They won't the minute he's out of office, and that's what he's counting on. He does not want Hunter to go to jail. Mm-hmm. He does not want That's to go true. to jail himself. Um, you know, do you want to spend your your last few minutes, years fighting this kind of fight where it could work out to be really bad for you? I mean, this is why I thought he wouldn't run, because I've, I've been on the Biden train of uh, of corruption now. For the f- two years before he became president, it wasn't until Peter Schweizer's book that Peter really, did that four years yeah. before. And I'm like, well, I don't know, you know, we're ever going to prove it. Oh, once we got into the impeachment of Trump and I saw what was happening in Ukraine, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is horrible. And since then, horrible. We've added a lot, a lot. of information. I, I, and I think it is really important in these types of situations to have super clear an understandable evidence that the American people can see and understand. Well, they can. They can't. They're not going to take more than five minutes to understand this. People, I I feel like I talk to this, the audience of my show, uh, Studios America, and of course this audience, you're different than everybody else. I don't think they understand that at times. They, people don't watch this stuff like this audience watches this stuff. But, but. It's hard. It will come down to one thing. It will. It always does. O.J. Simpson. Nobody listened. I mean, we watched it every day, but nobody was really listening. What did that come down to? 
the maybe the glove fit. If it right. doesn't it, fit, it, you it must acquit. Okay. Amazing. It, with all they had DNA. Yeah, but DNA was too early. Yep. So they had DNA. They had all of it. It came down to the glove. You need that thing. You, you need, need that, thing. that thing. And, and I don't know. Text messages are pretty close to that thing. Oh, I think they have the thing. I, I really do. I think they have the thing. It's just not been put all in one place yet. Just not yeah, all there. You yet. need that real narrative. Now you've point. You've actually painted that out really well on a couple of your TV shows um, and on radio as well. Um, but with visual aids, sometimes it's easier to oh, really yeah. see that stuff put together. But if they can make that case in a clear and concise fashion, I think you do have a chance. And part of the reason is Biden's weakness. If Biden was Obama, I don't think the Democratic side of the argument would look at it. I think they they, they just brush it off to racism or whatever because they liked him so much. He was a you know relatively popular Democrat. I mean, among Democrats. Biden, the there's a built-in doubt with him. They don't want him to run again. Overwhelmingly, even oh, yeah. Democrats, they think he's too old. No, he was expendable from the very beginning. From the very beginning. And so was Kamala. If they could figure out another path here that they thought was plausible, and it's not Kamala, I don't think it's Gavin Newsom. You they might think it is. They might think it is. They... Here's the thing. They're going to run. I think they're going to run Gavin Newsom because he's young and they can now do that old thing to Donald Trump, even though it doesn't it doesn't stick with Donald Trump because he's he's lucid. Yeah. The problem is not his age with Joe Biden. It's that he's not lucid all the time. Okay. Um, But I I think they're going to run somebody young and it won't be Kamala. This will be the way to get Kamala out. Because she's tainted by this administration. She's oh, yeah. really done nothing on her own. No. And so. And she'll pardon. She might even pardon both of them. And that will and that will be the real I think you're right. death knell for America because this has to be uh, punished. Even even I even if they both were in a plane crash, you know, orchestrated by Putin. Um they still this still should go through and we have to know how did they do it stop all of that and teach a lesson that you cannot get away with this because this was the worst corruption in american history um can i how much time do we have here sir how about a minute about a minute um how do you see the politics of this playing out do you think this will would work as forget the truth is does it work as a tactic for republicans it didn't work you'd argue for the clinton impeachment i don't think it's a tactic i'm not saying it's a tactic i'm just saying how does it work as a tactic because right or wrong this is going to have political ramifications does it work to convince people i don't know anymore i don't know how to judge americans anymore but I, I will say the evidence is so strong. Do you see the evidence that came out today with his, what was it, his grandniece or somebody that was working in the Treasury, also sending emails to Devin and giving him information about a, a treaty with uh, or a, 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 a economic mm. conversation in China that she happened to be attending and so she could hear it. She made all the notes, sent it to him. I mean, it, the evidence here is yeah. so Overwhel- I think overwhelming. We're not even hitting the witnesses, right? No. We're, the text messages no. are one thing. The pe- how many of his close business associates that were highly invested in a Biden presidency and vice presidency have come out now and said this stuff is true? 
I mean, we have tons of people on the record who've said it. Uh, it is incredible. And I, if they can paint this, if they can do this right, they have a real chance to make a difference here. I think politically it's going to play out at first as this is just a response for the corrupt Donald Trump. Yep. They are just trying Revenge. to perse- persecute us, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. They'll use all the things that they're doing right now because that's what they always do. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it works this time. But I, <laughs> who, knows? who am I to say? <laughs> um, it's important to be on the right side of history. That means taking a stand against things that you feel are wrong. And there's different ways to do that. Some of them come at personal cost. Some of them great personal cost. What are you willing to do? Let me tell you the easiest, lowest hurdle to get involved. I want you today strongly consider right now switching your phone service to Patriot Mobile. They are America's only Christian conservative mobile service. I know these people. I know why they started this. They wanted to do a great job, provide great service, but they were also looking for ways to raise money to help protect our Constitution. And the best way to do that, best charity, is always through capitalism. And that's what they're doing. And they are in the fight. Now, this isn't going to cost you anything. This is actually going to save you money. And you're going to get away from the people and stop sending your money to people who are using their money to destroy America. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. This is the this is the lowest price to pay to be able to stand up and let your voice be heard. Please join us in the fight. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Or you can call 878-PATRIOT. You'll get free activation when you use the offer code Beck. 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck program. It is 912 and I haven't had a chance today to spend any time on the 912 project or or what 912 means. I'm going to have to do that tomorrow. Uh, We have breaking news. I was going to do it in this last half hour, but we had breaking news uh, that the uh, formal impeachment uh, investigations are going on now in Congress. They just announced that a few minutes ago. I'm going to be on with Megan Kelly um, here in the next few minutes, um, and we'll be talking about that. And she follows this program on XM Sirius. Uh, also, she has the you know the podcast. So join me with Megan. I'm going to try to quickly do some more homework on the impeachment, uh, so I'll have something to bring to the table. But more on tomorrow's program about how we move forward. What we do in the next 12 months will decide, I believe, decide whether America survives or not. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.